0: This is Tax Debt Consultant with the Godfather of Tax Resolution with enrolled agent Carlos Semeniego. It's time to put all of your tax problems behind you using plain and simple language. Carlos will show you how to reduce your tax debt and get the IRS hitmen off your back. Off your back. And now, the Godfather, Carlos Semeniego.
1: Today I have a very special guest, my friend and coach Larry Winget. Now you may be asking, who's Larry Winget? Larry Winget is a six-times New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller. He's had his own television series on A and E. He's been on many national television news television news shows talking about business, personal responsibility, and he's also trademarked the pit bull of personal development. He's in the Speaker Hall of Fame and recently named as one of the top 50 greatest keynote speakers in the world, Larry Winget. How you doing, Larry?
2: You know, I can never wait to hear what I'm going to say after hearing that introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody that famous and that good's got to have something
1: smart to say, I hope I do. (laughs) You you know what, Larry? It's, you know, I, I was reading that and sometimes I'm sitting here, and as I mentioned earlier, Larry is, um, not only a friend, but he's actually a business coach of mine. And Larry, I want to kind of tell you how I kind of heard about you. Okay. I, had, I first heard about you last year. I went to a, a business event with Suzanne Evans and um, and we were talking. And she told me before you come to this event, Carlos, I want you to read. And I have the book here. You're broke because you want to be. And I know you've re- written a lot of books and that title intrigued the hell out of me uh, because of the type of business that I do. And um, after reading that book, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to listen to this guy. And you are in the in the face of individuals. And after listening to you for a few days, I'm like, you know what? Someday Larry will become my coach, because I know Larry has seen what I deal with on a daily basis. Uh, In fact, you actually even have a TV show called The Big Spender. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I'm, I'm glad
2: that title intrigued you. You know, I've always said I write good books, but I write great titles. You're broke because you want to be, your kids are your own fault, people are idiots and I can prove it, grow a pair, shut up, stop whining, get a life. I mean, good God, who wouldn't want to read all of those just based on the title alone? So, Absolutely. <laughs> so I write great titles that intrigue people and pretty much what I do, whether it be in your business, your personal life, your finances, Uh, with your kids and in your family, your relationships, is I just hold up this mirror of stupidity to the world and say, uh, these actions create these results. And if these are your results, let's go look real hard at your actions. Mm -hmm. And everything I've done for 30 years, Carlos, is based on the oldest joke in the world. And the joke is, and everybody can finish this for me, Guy goes in to see the doctor and he says, hey doctor, it hurts when I do this. And then the doctor says, well then don't do that. Right. So that's what I have people do. I have them look at their actions and their results and say, you got to change what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And Big Spender, the television show, it actually should have been called the big enabler Uh because every spender has an enabler who allows that to happen. Mm -hmm. I never dealt with anybody who didn't have someone that was that enabler, that their mother, their husband, Mm -hmm. that allowed them to get in that position and never held them accountable or showed them what they were doing to their lives. And what I do is try to get out ahead of that Mm -hmm. in people's lives and their businesses and their relationships and, and their finances and say, Look, you're going down the wrong path because you're doing a lot of stupid stuff, and I try to head that stupid stuff off at the pass. Big spender was a show where we went in and and exposed people's uh, ridiculous spending ways around their money.
0: Mm-hmm. People
2: who who, uh, who you know, and when you look at society, it's easy to find that we have a society right now where 50 percent of Americans spend more money than they earn, which to me is a clue. <laughs> you got to dial back your spending and and uh, and start to look at what it's doing to your life and to your family and to your future
1: you know it's funny that you mentioned that yet so many people bitch and complain about the government overspending yet they're doing that in their own lives and causing nightmares
2: (laughs) you know i was on uh, i watched an old clip the other day when uh, i was on with larry king Uh and and larry and i didn't get along particularly well (laughs) on on our interview because I said, you cannot be financially sound when you're spending more than you earn, you just can't. And until you rein in your spending, you're never gonna be on firm footing. And he said, well, that certainly applies to people in their personal lives, Larry, but you can't expect a business or certainly the government to act that way. And I go, actually, I do. Mm. I do expect the government to act that way. I do expect businesses to act that way. I don't care what the entity is, whether it be an individual a corporation or the government, you can't spend more than you earn. Something eventually will be sacrificed or suffer as a result of that. Mm -hmm. So there's only two ways to have more money, only two ways in the whole world. And that's spend less or earn more. Hopefully you can figure out how to do both. Right. Spend less and earn more. Mm. But that's the only way that you end up with more money. And so people have to look at the way they spend their money. Right. And they have to, you know, people used to say want-to's and and uh and need to's. Do right. do I want to have that? Do I need to have that? Mm. I think it goes past that. I think you get into the wants, needs, and can't live withouts. Mm. And people who are truly in trouble, they got to back it all down. I can't live without this. This is absolutely something that we have to have to survive. And then you move it up to we need these things. And then eventually when there's money left over, you get to say, I get to have that because I want it. But we live in reverse of that these days. Mm -hmm. We buy what we want. We sacrifice what we need. And we do without what we can't live without. And then where do you turn? To someone else to make up the difference it's we're totally screwed up as a society because we're living backwards
1: you know it's amazing because um, um obviously you know what i do because you coach me on it um i help people that are usually in trouble with the government because they haven't paid their taxes or haven't filed their taxes and um one of the things that happened to me and it, it brings me up you know i think about this big spender is that you know back in my 20s i made a bad decision and stopped filing my uh, my uh, somebody gave me some uh, as a young 19 year old 20 year old gave me a thing you know claimed more w-2s so you get a bigger paycheck and what ends up happening when you claim more exemptions on that you you end up owing more taxes when you, it's time to file so i ended up in a situation where i couldn't pay that tax bill so i didn't file the tax return and then next year rolls around and you don't change it because what t- typically happens is you're getting a bigger paycheck well you're gonna buy you're gonna spend more money i ended, I remember i ended up buying a 1987 nissan hard body truck i ended up getting a bigger apartment and now literally i need that entire paycheck to live the lifestyle i'm living but i'm not paying the government as you told me their money and they want their money eventually and i went eight years that way and you know that was a secret i kept from everybody larry i didn't tell my family members i didn't tell my friends um hell you obviously you don't tell your employer but they eventually find out so yeah. the problem mm. is is that you know once people start spending all that money if they don't make some hard changes their life can literally tumble out of control and i'm pretty you know, sure there's
2: you- more shame around money than i think <clears throat> just about any other thing. I think that's the most common shame. First of all, people will lie to you about money quicker than they'll lie to you about anything. Mm -hmm. How much they got, how much they spend, how much they have on hand, uh, uh, how much they have saved. People lie to you about their money. Yes. And then there's so much shame around the stupid things that they've done with their money. There's so much financial infidelity in marriages That's the number one source of infidelity. It's not cheating on your husband or your wife with another human being, it's cheating with your money. Mm. You buy stuff and you don't tell your husband, you don't tell your wife. And so there's just all of this that goes on around the concept of money. And then we, and, and, and a lot of it, Carlos, is just what you said. Bad, stupid advice when we're young and don't know better. We are a financially illiterate society illiterate to the point and i love the point that you made there that that people think that it's all my money and when the irs gets ticked off and wants it they say and you've heard them say more than i have they say the irs is coming after my money no folks the irs is coming after their money (laughs) that's their money you should have paid it to them (laughs) right and they say well the irs the government doesn't have the right you know i my original mentor was a guy named jim Rohn, and jim Rohn had a thing that said the government is like the golden goose and the golden goose lays that golden egg all the time and we call that a military to defend us roads to drive on (laughs) and he runs through all the good things that the government does provide for us Mm -hmm. and he said somebody's got to feed the goose yes the goose eats too much right it does but you still got to feed the goose you can't starve the goose to death and listen the goose is coming after its money because it's going to be fat and so what we have to do we have a responsibility to ourselves to become financially literate we have a responsibility to ourselves to not do those stupid things we have a responsibility to our family to make sure that we're spending less than we earn so we are able to take care of them in the present as well as in the future we have so much responsibility and you know i'm the pit bull of personal development and my number one theme is personal responsibility i think everything in your life's your own damn fault Mm -hmm. but with that responsibility requires education it requires relationship people like you who can get you out of trouble once you're in trouble and but it takes us saying, what do we most want out of life and being responsible enough to make sure that happens? And the place it needs to start first for mo- most people is with their money.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, um a lot of times when people come here, they sit down in front of me, it's the first time they've ever talked about the situation that they're in. Yep. Uh, you know, I mentioned it to you before, you know, they don't talk to their wives. Um, wow, I, I love that financial um infidelity, you know, um, what, what a way to put that. It's just, um, they haven't talked to anybody about it. And a lot of times, um, the only reason people do find out is um, they yank money out of their bank account, or they got a wage garnishment at work. And that's when it, they come to a realization is like, Oh, my God, I need to do something about this. And, you know, I guarantee there's people watching this right now that are that are thinking about it, not knowing, you know, what is that next step? Um, if, if you were they're listening to you right now. What would you tell them? You know, hey, I, you, you haven't filed your taxes. You owe a lot of money. What would you tell them? Hey, what do you need to do to, to move hey, forward? You
2: know, There's an old saying <clears throat> that says, when you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. And if people have gotten, the world sends you signals mm-hmm. and you gotta pay attention to those signals. You know, if, if if you're picking up something wrong, your back will let you know tomorrow. You shouldn't have lifted with your back you should have lifted with your legs right Right. uh that's a signal but you know what the irs and you know this better than anybody the irs sends you signals yeah and uh, they've warned you along the way hey buddy you're screwing up (laughs) (laughs) pay attention here Mm -hmm. and yet how many people carlos like you said oh well they got a warning the first time and then you ignore it and you ignore it and you ignore it until you don't have a little problem anymore that could be fixed you're in you're in a disastrous situation where you could lose it all and now you're scrambling and people who are in trouble and find themselves in a hole need to stop digging and they need a professional to help them get out of the hole they've already dug and that's where people like you come in
1: gotcha gotcha yeah it's just a lot of people think is things that think these problems go away. And um, I I don't know if I mentioned to you, the state of California just came after somebody that hired me for a 1989 tax tax debt. 89. Uh, So yeah, these problems don't go away. 32 Uh, years. 32 years, they want their money. Uh, Obviously, and we talked about this, the state needs the money. So they're looking for money. um, These states, if you're you're in an income tax state, um, a state income tax state, they're coming for money. So it's funny. Uh one of my favorite all-time books um you wrote, and I always take my covers off. I don't like to ruin them. Um uh, Your Kids Are Your Own Damn Fault. Yeah. I love this book. Um uh, you know, it was funny because I was reading this book usually at my daughter's volleyball games, in between um the game sections, I'd pull this out and start reading it. You know, there's a lot of kids out there, uh, right now, 20, 30 year olds, um, and I I I guess I consider them kids that um You know, they're making the economy has been really good the last 10 years. They're making some really good money, but making some bad decisions about a lot of their money. What do you recommend to um, not only for parents to recommend their teenage? I got a high school daughter going into high school. Um, What's the number one recommendation you would recommend to teach these kids? I'm glad you brought that book up. That's my most important book.
2: And when I say most important, I really mean that the way that I can track almost every issue going on in the world today back to a parenting issue. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote that book, you remember in reading the book that I wrote a lot about money in that because I, I surveyed people. And I said, what do you wish that you And I had no idea where it was going. What do you wish your parents had taught you that they didn't teach you? And an overwhelming 90% of the people I interviewed for that book said they didn't teach me anything about money. Oh. And we are letting our children down. We are failing our children today by not sitting them down at the table and say, let me explain what a mortgage is. Mm -hmm. Let me explain what taxes are. Let me explain what it takes to keep the lights on, to keep the internet on, for you to watch Netflix. Let me show you as a percentage of income what that means. Mm -hmm. And that sort of openness and transparency with your children will serve them well as they age. Now, the next thing is the best advice. <clears throat> I've always believed in 70, 10, 10, 10. It's an old concept, you know it well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That uh, you need to be charitable with 10% of your money. I really believe that. You can call it a tithe, you can call it. It's just, I think it's what we owe the world. We need to be chari- charitable. You need to save 10% of your income. You need to invest 10% of your income and you need to learn learn to live on 70% of what you earn. Mm -hmm. Instead, we already have and it goes back to the percentage I gave you early when half the country spending more money than they're earning. That means they're living on 100% plus of their
1: income, right?
2: And they should be down in the 70% range. And of course, that 70 10 10 10 changes on your age and your financial status and all of those things but that's a good rule of thumb Mm -hmm. that you need to teach kids from the time they earn their first one dollar allowance pay them in dimes really no no absolutely. dimes and say that 10 cents goes over here and we're not going to touch that and this 10 cents over here you know in a year that might be 15 cents and this 10 cents and you teach them that and then this this 70 cents here go spend it and have fun
1: uh amazing and you know if you're a parent out there um, i i love section four for your teenager you have a section that says hand that to your teenager and have them read it had my daughter take it to her bedroom she read it and came back and gave me a gave me a report on it <laughs> and she loves you know what she loves you larry i i, I mm-hmm. watch you on youtube all the time all the now i got my own interview of larry but um we love watching you and she uh she adored, that. You know. um one of the things I loved about going back to you're broke because you want to be there's a section in here I brought it up it's um pull this up here it's a section is the stuff most people overlook and as I mentioned to you uh, during our coaching is you know obviously I went through uh, like a lot of people did uh, major financial challenges back in 2008. you know uh, literally world kind of imploded back then for a lot of us and one of the things I was doing back then when that happened to me, is something that you brought up in here on page 134, is read. You literally say, read. Read as many self-help books, biographies. Um, you specifically say, read as many self-help books, business books, biographies, um, as, as you can. How many did you read last year? And you know what's amazing, Larry, is back then I became, uh, I, I was a reader back then, but I've never read so many books. Um, I was broke, but I was buying books left and right to read them. You know, I just—I um, have a, a specific room in my house. It's—I call it—we call it the library. It's just all these books. And as I look at my business and my life today, I can really attribute a lot of the success to a lot of the books that I read read in there. You know, my very first, my very very first book that I love is Jim Rohn, you brought him up, you know, um, in fact, my daughter just finished the Jim Rohn, um, it's a big book, Um, I'll kind of, I, I'm, I'm losing track of it, but a
2: compilation book where they took that, all of the best books and put it
1: in one great book, yeah. He read that entire book and did a summary of every single chapter via email to me every day, and I truly believe that will change her life, and I told her when I'm gone from this world, her job is to make sure that her kids are reading that, that book as well, but how important is reading for for people to get out of problems uh, to to deal with the issues going on in life well here's
2: there are a couple of factors that play into this one is no matter what you're going through somebody else has gone through Mm. and you can always benefit from somebody else's experience other people's experience ope is an old term other people's experience learn from what they did to get through this learn from their mistakes Mostly what got me started is many years ago, 35 years ago, I heard Earl Nightingale, the founder of Nightingale Conant, wrote, he did the very first gold record that was ever recorded called The Strangest Secret. And he said, if you will read 500 books on any given topic, you will be at a level of a world-class expert on that topic. 500 books on a topic will make you a world-class expert i am just egotistical and arrogant enough that i wanted to be a world-class expert in the area of personal development Mm. so i went out and read 500 books on personal development Wow! from everybody you could imagine from the spiritual side the financial side the psychological side the practical side every angle of personal development i read 500 books and i thought Okay, I did that. And in the next 35 years, I've read over 5,000 books on every topic you could possibly imagine. And I still read uh, two to three books a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, it has served me so well, and it's been the very best thing that I could have ever done for myself, my family, my finances, my relationships, my business, is to read everything you can lay your hands on
1: wow and and, you know it's funny you said that other people's experiences because when i was going through my tax challenges um that's what one of the first things i started doing is just started reading everything i could about how to solve a tax problem and then i kind of realized that there were experts that dealt with that those types of issues and literally ended up finding my my mentor um i call him a mentor because he's the one that took care of my tax problem and he's the one that told me you'd be really good at the type of work that 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 we do here you should consider doing that in fact i actually keep a picture of that man right here in front of me that is ernie he's the guy that saw that solved my tax problems and um told me to get involved in this industry so i keep him here to remember him and um it just you know reading is just it's meant so much to me and solving my problems and it's it's great to have seen that in your book because there's very few people that really kind of talk about that very much you know yeah, not um, a lot of people do no
2: yeah, and do. uh you know it's interesting to find it i think it was and i i put it in all my books uh-huh. about how you have to read i right. put it in a personal finance book which you're broke because you want to be as a personal finance finance book, book. right and uh, as you said it's in the section the things most people overlook Mm -hmm. and it is because most people don't understand the value of reading i coach a lot of people who want to grow up and be me who (laughs) want to write books and be speakers and, and build a brand like i have and the first thing i tell them is don't think that you have any right to talk to someone else as the voice of authority or that you have credibility until you have read a minimum of a hundred books on your topic. Because you're not a voice of authority and you have no credibility. Right. Expertise comes from knowledge, a depth of experience, but also a depth of research. And people, you know, I'll go back to Jim Rohn. He said we would all do better if we just knew better.
1: That's in the book, that's in that, that same chapter. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um. Yes. Yesterday, uh, I'm going to swing this over to celebrities. And one of the things uh, that I find amazing doing the type of work that I now do is finding out how many people have gone through financial challenges in their life. Obviously, I talk about me. Um, I know you talk about it um, in quite a few of your interviews, the challenges that you've gone through. Um, And I just read an article yesterday and I didn't realize this. um anthony bourdain the yeah. the author yeah. chef world famous um tragically we lost him not not too long ago he went 10 years with not filing his taxes so this is a very common thing um you know and it's funny when i talk about this and i go to do events i'm shocked to see famous people that they, they go through these challenges and you know it's it just I want people to kind of understand it's just uh, it's time to stop being embarrassed by it because so many people go through it. And it's just time to get to work to get these things solved. Correct.
2: You know, having a lot of money doesn't make you smart about money. <laughs> and so is... you have a tendency to think that celebrities or ath good God, the number of athletes, athletes who have made horrible decisions make $50 million break your ankle can't play ball anymore. And now you're broke.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: made $50 million, Bro. why are you broke? So having a lot of money does not mean that you're gonna end up with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, and and there is no shame. Yeah, you can do a lot of stupid stuff. The shame, you know, I have a definition and maybe you've heard me talk about it before. There's a big difference in ignorance and stupidity. Mm-hmm. And ignorance is not knowing. Uh, if you, I don't know how to jump out of an airplane, by the way, I'm never going to know how to jump out of an airplane. Don't want to know how to jump out of an airplane. I'm ignorant about what it takes. That's ignorance. Some people really don't know what they ought to do and they end up in trouble as a result of it. A lot of times, Mm -hmm. the difference is stupidity. Stupidity is knowing what you ought to do and not doing it. Right. I'll forgive ignorance for a little while. I don't forgive stupidity for very long because Mm -hmm. if you know what it takes to be successful and you don't do it, that's stupid. If you know what it takes to be healthy and you don't do it, that's stupid. If you know what it takes to run a business that works and serves customers well and brings value, if you know those things and you don't do it, that's stupid. And if you know you've got a problem that you need to fix and you don't do it, that's stupid. We've got people watching right now who know they've got, we'll make it about your business, who know they have a tax problem. They know it. They've got a stack of letters over there stacked on their counter or hidden in a drawer, or maybe they put them in the trash and want to ignore it. To know you've got a tax problem and not fix it, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. To know you have any problem in your life and know what it takes to fix it and not to do that, that's flat out stupid. Don't stay stupid fix your problem regardless of what the problem is fix it because problems neglected only grow
1: absolutely with that larry um i think that's a good way to kind of end this interview and larry if people want to find out more about you what what's the best way to um reach out to you um
2: oh good lord i'm trying to hide from everybody right now <laughs> <laughs> listen just go to larrywingut.com LarryWinget.com. You'll find out more than you ever wanted to know about me.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and obviously, guys, pick up their book. Pick up his books, parents. It's a must-read. Pick this book up. Your um, kids are your own damn fault. Um, luckily, I think we both have really good kids. Now. Um, actually, Larry, I, don't, I didn't even mention it. My son, he's been on a destroyer for an entire year, and he's coming in tomorrow morning. So, or oh. Friday morning. So heading down to San Diego Friday morning to, um, to, to see him for the first time. So
2: that's a great celebration right there. Good for you.
1: Thank you. Again, Larry, thanks again for everything.
2: Glad to do it. Bye-bye guys. Bye-bye.
0: You can always reach the Godfather, Carlos San at taxdeadconsultant.com or call him directly 909-570-570. 1103 or on Facebook. Look for the tax debt consultant. Make sure you pick up his book, How to Make the IRS an offer they can't refuse on Amazon. Remember, you can live the life of a good fella once you take care of your tax problems. The Godfather is here to help.